Welcome to Monday Matters with Holly Cochran. Holly is a wife, mom, coach, and entrepreneur. She wears these and many more hats while running three successful businesses, a gym, online counseling and nutrition program, and commercial cleaning company. She brings a unique perspective to everyday life with her spicy, no-nonsense attitude. Holly helps her clients keep it simple with small tweaks that over time add up to big life changes. With that, let's get on with today's episode. Here's my friend, Holly Cochran, an incredible human you need to be listening to every Monday. Well, hello there, family, friends, and strangers. Welcome to the Monday Matters podcast. And today I have a very special guest who is a friend of mine. I'm calling her a friend of mine now. We've known each other for a few years. And her name is Miranda Reimer. And Miranda works out of Synergy Strength as a physiotherapist. So she is uh, qualified and very good at working with athletes in any capacity, whatever you might be needing from a physiotherapist. But the reason I reached out to Miranda a few years ago is because she's also studied, trained, and qualified to be a pelvic floor physiotherapist. And I was having all kinds of issues as an athlete, from knees to hips to shoulders to low back and chronic pain in my midline, like felt like I was having a chronic pain across the center of my belly. And the more I learned about what was going on with my body, the more I realized it was my pelvic floor and I needed some help. So I reached out to Miranda because she's a physiotherapist. She's a pelvic floor physiotherapist. She's a female. She's a CrossFitter. I've judged her at competitions. She's a fantastic athlete. And she was just so genuine. I knew that I was going to be in good hands when I reached out to Miranda and I definitely was. And she has been so, so helpful in my journey as being able to maintain coaching classes all day and doing my own workouts and having enough energy to feel like I can do all that because I'm not managing pain. She helped me immensely. So being able to speak the language with your physiotherapist as to what's going on has been or should be a real perk, something that you are looking for. If you go to your physiotherapist and you're like, yeah, it doesn't feel really good when I'm hanging from the rig and your physio says, what's a rig? That's a red flag. They don't know what you're doing or what your goals are or what you're wanting to do. I was having trouble doing toes to bar. Yeah, my physio in Regina did not know what toes to bar were, so I I explained them and she was really good about wanting to understand, but she didn't get it and didn't know how to help me with it. So if you are listening to this podcast and you find that you could use a little bit of support doing the things that you love to do and the things that you love to do are in the gym, I highly recommend finding somebody who can speak your language and help you to understand your movement because they know what the movements are. So before I go on and on too long, I want to welcome Miranda to the Monday Matters podcast. Hey, Miranda, we are now live on the Monday Matters podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, wow. Thank you so much for having me, Holly. This is this is fantastic. Uh, We've connected so many times before and now we're, you know, having more of a focused conversation that I'm super excited to, to go through the questions that you've sent out and, and, and dive into some things that uh, people in your community are also wondering about too. 
For sure. My community has heard of Miranda Reimer. That's for sure. We have talked about the things that the things that you have given to me as little nuggets and tokens, they've come back to K2 already. But I think my audience is definitely interested in everything that they can learn about from you. One of the things that I want my audience to know, first of all, is just how did you go about? So you are a physiotherapist, but how have you created this perfectly matched niche that you're working in when it comes to the female athlete in a CrossFit gym? I don't know that I could have I didn't know you before, but it feels like it is the perfect job description for Miranda. How did you go about creating this? <laughs> oh, wow. Well, thanks so much, Holly. And I've equally learned a lot from you, right? People come and they're asking me these questions, um, you know, when we're working one-on-one within physio sessions or, you know, workshops and things. And I learned just as much. So I, I appreciate that. I'm glad to, to dive more into this. So, yeah, I mean, I... I was introduced to strength training when I was about 11 years old. So I grew up on a farm down by Swift Curds here in Saskatchewan. And I wanted to play soccer for Team Canada. And I was told uh, at that age, 11 years old, that if I got in the gym and I started strength training, that that power development, that, you know, I did a lot of uh, agility work, um, in the gym and jumping that that would make me a better soccer player. So I, I bought in right away and I, I played soccer competitively with, you know, provincial and just, you know, going and playing, um, just at national competitions. I had never made it to team Canada level. Um, but the, the strength training has stayed with me and, and, uh, I don't know, like eight, nine years ago, I'm 30 years old now. So early 20s, I start hearing women start talking about, you know, when I'm exercising, this is happening, you know, I'm leaking, I'm I'm peeing. And I thought, oh, my gosh, like, what the heck? Um, I really used to identify really hardcore with what I could physically do. Um, And when I heard about those troubles, I thought, well, you know what? If this is what happens when you have kids or this is what happens um, what was mostly the, the, the pregnancy, the kid thing. I was like, I'm not going to have kids. <laughs> that was a little extreme because that's, you know, something I've always, you know, kind of thought of uh, for myself personally. And I was like, well, you know what? I just, that can't be the answer. People were being told, well, you just can't just, just stop running. You know, maybe you shouldn't run anymore. Mm-hmm. And yep. I was just like, you know what? That is not, that, that can't be true. Um, and so I had gotten into, uh, uh, physiotherapy. I've done my kinesiology degree. And, and as I came into school at the U of S for physio, I, um, was introduced to, uh, physiotherapists who were talking about pelvic health. And that led me then into taking, um, you know, specialization for doing internal assessments. If people are interested, you know, in, in looking at uh, the pelvic floor and the core that way, um, but then that launched me into pregnancy and postpartum. And, you know, as a, as a female who hasn't gotten pregnant yet and someone who's a planner, so just being myself, I think, you know, kind of sums this up. How'd you get into this, this little area that you're in? Um, you know, I just, I wanted to support myself and I wanted to keep moving in strength training and it just, 
I just have all these questions ahead of me because like I said, I'm such a planner and I was introduced to CrossFit five years ago uh, when I was in physio school because one of the professors, Scotty Butcher, uh, who has some also has some really good, awesome content. Um, he took us to a CrossFit gym because, you know, where are you going to get, you know, where, where can you have available, you know, 20 to 40 barbells and a bunch of plates right. to teach people how to how to, how to strength train. Right. Um, so I fell in love with the setting and just naturally all that passion for women's health and understanding my body and helping, uh, ladies understand more about their bodies. Just, it just, just kept going. Like it, it, it's just been so fluid. Um, I've just been being myself and meeting other people that are similar like me, I guess, you know, that are, um, in the strength world and, and do enjoy CrossFit or weightlifting or powerlifting, um, you know, strength training and uh, weightlifting, we can, you know, speak really broad about, or we can be uh, really specific, obviously. So right. yeah, it's been, it's been a fun, almost decade since I started um, diving into more of the physio world with uh, school and stuff. So kind of crazy. Well, I definitely believe it is a superpower of yours and have been super <laughs> grateful that you've been our paths have crossed. So um, I want you to just take a minute. This isn't this isn't the question that I was meant to ask you. So I'm throwing you a little loop already. I promised I wouldn't throw too many loops, but <laughs> I didn't give a ton of background into pelvic floor physiotherapy Um or even what a pelvic floor is, especially in relation to the strength training piece. So can you just give me a synopsis of pelvic floor? What does that mean? Where is it located? And uh, just tell us a little bit about how that's different from the, a traditional physiotherapist. Yeah, yeah, great question. So uh, I've got lots of resources. My social media has, uh, you know, some different information and I do actually have uh, some different free online resources uh, so people can reach out and kind of look for some guidance, um, you know, if you want more. So, I mean, so physiotherapy is the overarching name of the profession. Mm-hmm. It's the same as physical therapy. There's just, you know, there's Canada says physiotherapy more in uh, the States as physical therapy, therapy, same thing. So under this broad uh, umbrella term of physiotherapy, everybody graduates with, you know, intro to practice skills and capacity in, in, in different areas. You know, uh, we're really good at understanding our, our bones and our muscles and our connective tissue and how they interact to allow for movement and biomechanics and, uh, and all of that. And so when you graduate or, uh, the pelvic floor muscles, you know, they're a group of muscles that are the bottom of our core and, you know, they're like some of the muscles inside of our mouth where, you know, you can touch on your cheekbone. Right. And you can come down from your cheekbone. You can touch on the outside of your face. Hey, I'm touching muscles in my jaw. Right. So you, you take your hand, you go, you, you, you touch where your tailbone is or that triangle bone leading down between, you know, your hips, your sacrum, or you touch your, your sits bone, your ischial tuberosity. Then, you know, you move off of that and you go, Oh, you know, I'm touching some of that like pelvic floor glute muscles that's on the outside of my body. Well, when you graduate as a physiotherapy, uh, you, you don't, you don't have 
the skills and the training to do internal pelvic floor muscle assessment. So just like I said, you're touching muscles of your jaw on the outside of your mouth. Well, you can take your finger, you can put it inside your mouth and you can touch those muscles from inside. And so, um, you know, TMJ, uh, jaw work is, uh, is a division of physiotherapy and I hope you're following me. Yeah, um, I am. And so, um, and everybody else to come along. <laughs> um, so then when we talk about pelvic floor, you know, there's, there's special advanced training and I've done multiple levels, right? Cause you can always introduce yourself to just the basics of something and then you can, you know, continue to go with it or just stay there and, and whatever. But, um, there's specialized training as a physiotherapist. So I have to take my certification. I have to be registered with the college because it's, it's a sensitive practice. Um, and so, like I said, we can reach inside of our mouths, touch muscles of our jaw, uh, depending on what's going on. Well, we can actually, um, and I don't think this is going to be a shock to anybody. You know, as soon as I say it, people are like, Oh, that makes sense. You know, but you can take your finger and you could insert it inside of your vagina or inside of your rectum. And you could feel through that rectal or vaginal tissue, you can feel your pelvic floor muscles. So kind of coming back to it, to summarize it is physiotherapy uh, encompasses lots of different skills and, and different uh, assessment strategies and internal pelvic floor muscle assessment is a specialization under physiotherapy. So uh, I don't personally refer to myself as a pelvic floor physiotherapist. Uh, I found that it it really doesn't share the broad spectrum uh, right. of how I really help people, right? Like, so your pelvic floor, yeah, okay, you can touch inside of there, on the outside, you can learn about that, but we have to break bring that pelvic floor into the greater system of our core. So me being able to do assessments with people internally, which is very similar to a pelvic exam from your family doctor, your gynecologist or OBGYM minus speculum and stirrups and all the rush and no idea what's going on, but uh, you know, it's yep. similar. <laughs> um, and that's just one way we can assess, right? Lots of times when I'm working with athletes who are lifting weights, um, it's probably just as important to, to see what your lifting strategy is as it could yep. be just as important to do that internal assessment. Right. So, um, yeah. Does that kind of yeah. answer your question? That absolutely answers my question. And awesome. it, it's, that's what I was wanting to make sure that I was able to portray in the message today that pelvic floor physiotherapy can include internal therapy or internal exam, but mm -hmm. it doesn't have to include that. And sometimes exactly. it's not necessary at all. Exactly. And we move as a whole. And so understanding how we're moving as a whole can be much more beneficial in therapy or in, you know, there's, it's, some of it's just been the small tweaks that I have made that have had nothing to do with the internal part of my pelvic floor that has improved its condition. The, yeah. the, the health of my pelvic floor has improved and the movement has changed nothing to do with the pelvic. It's been breathing or it's been compensating and being aware and the mindfulness of my movement has actually mm -hmm. made a bigger difference than any internal exam has. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And so, I mean, that 
there's a, there's a spectrum, right? Like yeah. you're identifying there's that spectrum. And, you know, some, some of that increase in ability for you might also be because, Hey, I connected with my pelvic floor differently yeah. through an <laughs> yep. internal assessment. However, and I'm really excited about this because, you know, some of the courses I've taken, um, one being from Anthony Lowe, which will kind of you know, bring that in whenever, um, yeah, we will. he, he was the first physiotherapist. And I mean, I was, I was one year out of school when I met him. So I'm really early in my career, but he doesn't do internal work. He'll refer on. Right. Um, right. But that, that external feeling on the outside of your body, just like you might, you know, as you're doing a press or something, you might feel on your body, um, you know, what you're, what, what's going on. Right. Mm-hmm. So there, there is a spectrum and then the movement is on the other side. So movement, yeah. no touch, maybe some movement with some feedback and some touch, and then maybe actually doing that internal. So yeah, no, I'm, yeah. I'm glad that we were able to get that information out there for sure. Yeah. Um, when we're talking athletes, because that's, I, I know you don't only work with athletes, but you do help a lot of athletes. Help us to define the difference between an athlete and a female athlete. Social media is talking a lot about our female athletes and courses around the female athlete. And I know that there's a difference, but what is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The, I mean, the biggest difference, I think, is, is our anatomy and physiology. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the, the other big thing of that is I do think that there is, you know, a little bit of a mindset or a mentality that comes with being a female um, uh, identifying as a woman, you know, um, disrespecting, you know, lots of people's potential experiences with how they want to identify. But, you know, there is a mindset and mentality component that's been kind of driven into us, maybe like socially and and culturally. Uh, So I do think the anatomy and physiology is obviously huge, right? We have uh, three openings at the bottom of our pelvis. Uh, One of them doesn't have a sphincter, it's muscular support. We potentially, as females, go through uh, physical changes in our physiology um, to, you know, keep the species going, right? And, you know, how does that that difference or that experience of of pregnancy, um, a vaginal delivery, a C-section, you know, how does that change our anatomy um, and the considerations that we might have, you know, and then, of course, cycling, and hormones. Um, so yeah, I think that's the big obvious one. Uh, yeah, for sure. And, and it doesn't mean that we're weak. doesn't mean that we're fragile, that we can't do things, um, you know, that, that other athletes can't do. Um, but there is that, that extra added layer. Um, and at the same time, I think there's a lot of just similarities regardless of being an athlete or a female athlete. Um, but obviously, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, the big Obviously, one's the, the anatomy. Yeah. And I think sometimes women have, have been working so hard for equality in so many ways, but equal doesn't always m- mean fair. And I often just think that just sometimes the female athlete is, we do ourselves more justice and we do a better job of being an athlete when we recognize that as females, we can train a little different. Mm-hmm. And that difference is actually what's fair. 
that yeah. equal isn't always fair. So that's how I always kind of approach it. Mm-hmm. Definitely, or we're not the we're not weaker or anything like that. But the honoring the differences benefits. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Sure. I love that you followed up with that. No, I think that that's great. And and you know that is that is a big thing. You know, we potentially growing up like um, always hearing certain messaging, and then now you know stepping into a reality where it's like you know what you can be flexible. Right. Brianna Battles talks about this adaptive discipline. Um, yes. You know, um, so yeah, I like that. Yeah. Honoring that there's going to be differences um, between us. And actually, when we hone into some of those differences, whether it's, you know, that big kind of bigger overarching anatomy and physiology, or just kind of coming to our individual selves and saying, like, you know what, today I just, I just need, and I'm going to create that space for me to move differently because I'm on like day, day one or two of my cycle. Right. Like, and I I think even just like conversation about our menstrual cycle and, and maybe cycling and exercise, you know, those are things that are coming up because now more than ever, you have women regularly and consistently participating in strength training like that. That wasn't a norm for an 11 year old female to be lifting weights when I was growing up. Right. Right. Um, You know, and then even go, I'm not sure about your experience growing up. Right. You know, um, Oh no, I never touched moms. No, like I never touched a weight till I was 35 years old. I was a runner. And when running wasn't going well, because I was peeing, I was just told to put on a pad. Right. Like, yes. not, not even stop running and try to, you know, manage your body and your symptoms, just wear a pad for the run. Like that was the, that was yeah, the message. Yeah. So, and had not done any, but then when I started to do strength training, the first five years of that didn't serve me well because mm. I didn't learn how to do it. I, I was already having pelvic floor issues, which I did not call them that. There was no words for any of the things I was dealing with. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I had pelvic floor issues, did not know that, didn't know what to call it, started resistance training and loved it, except for the fact, <laughs> except for the fact it was making so many of the other things worse, the pelvic floor pain, the incontinence, the, oh, yeah. the, the, you know, that heaviness, that feeling, all of that, that SI joint in the back, my, all of that just kind of got worse with the weights. I loved the weights and I wasn't giving them up, but I wouldn't say I was doing it right. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, you know, it's, at some point you can only help yourself so much with the information that's out there. And, and the more that people continue to talk and, you know, have platforms yeah. and podcasts and share this, the more that that information gets out and that it becomes more socially acceptable. That's like, yeah, you know what, yeah. like, let's, let's figure out how we can truly work with ourselves. Like, we don't have to be pushing through and ignoring these symptoms, but we don't also have to take no for an answer, right? Like you obviously were like, Hey, well, this can't be right. I need a second opinion. And um, I think that's something that, you know, from the female athlete side of things there, there's been like huge advocacy. Um, And Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be where I am today with the support and the understanding that I have, like, I think, oh my goodness, some of the women that come, you know, they're, you know, in their sixties, you know, and they're like, this is, this is crazy. How am I just learning about this now? And I'm like, yes, so grateful that 
when I started to hear this from ladies, they were also, yes, they were complaining about their symptoms, but they were also like advocating. Like, I don't accept yeah. that this is like what I have to live with. And we're also privileged to be in a time where, you know, maybe we could speak a bit more outright and, uh, and you know, access to, to research and schooling and stuff like that. But yeah, there's, yeah, I think, I think we're just moving, uh, so much progressively forward in this area that it won't even be a thing that we don't talk about or that, you know, you have to shop around for somebody who knows about. I think we're just going to keep progressing so that it's, it is a normal thing. This is how females are taught to train, to lift, to, to manage their symptoms, to, to run, to jump, to do all of the things. What, what is normal will be healthy. Things that don't feel healthy, don't feel good, don't, you know, if it's interfering with you, that isn't normal. So there's something that can be done about it. Whereas for a long time, it was something you managed. You didn't try to figure out why and fix. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, I think a message that's still potentially, um, you know, in that, in the fitness world uh, that, you know, I'd be interested in in, in changing is lifting weights for kids is not bad. Right. Right. Like, um, you know, so I think when we address that larger kind of uncertainty, then there's more people that are putting their young girls that are putting their yes. young kids into strength training. And because the world of strength training is changing, they're going to come into that world and they're going to see, yeah, you know what? Like it doesn't matter what I look like my capacity, you know, mm-hmm. I'm still strong. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm flexible in my approach and, you know, it's okay for me to, you know, have times where, you know, I'm just doing mobility or, you know, I'm working at 40% of my one rep max capacity. And, and then the other side of that is that mental health and support too, not just that approach for physical, but I do think a big message that still may be confused in the fitness world is, you know, what does that strength training and that fitness look like for young kids? Is well, that, I absolutely a, love yeah. that that's, that's the message you're trying to change as well. Because as you know, I have a kid who loves to pick up the heavy stuff and I've taken some flack mm-hmm. for it, you know, like too young growth plates, you know, stifling growth and all that kind of stuff. Like I've heard that, People have thought that I wasn't necessarily doing the right thing, having my daughter in here when she was eight and nine years old and lifting weights. But the message is that, you know, being strong really doesn't have an age barrier and strength yeah. can be for, yeah. So yeah, I'm glad I, I want, I did want to know what your answer was to that. Like what kind of a <laughs> message in this society are, are you wishing we could change? And that makes me very happy that you are also on board with trying to get people to understand that, um, yes, yeah, strength and being strong and feeling empowered and the mental health aspect to all of it. There's, there's no age barrier to that, that empowered feeling mm-hmm. that you get when you feel strong, that kids should yeah. be able to have that as well. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's, there's lots of other messages too, right. Um, you know, in terms of just, 
you know, there's all these polar extremes for things, right? Um, in terms of recommendations for when you're pregnant, when you're postpartum, you know, even mm-hmm. returning to exercise after um, a, a vaginal or an abdominal birth, right? Like all of that messaging is slowly leveling out. And at the same time, we do see just a lot of extremes. And, you know, my approach is very much, you know what, let's talk about things as a spectrum. Why? Like, it's not black and white. We know that, right? Right. And, um, you know, there is a bit of this saying that's kind of going out. People talk about, you know, how do we find this messy middle? Well, I don't really personally identify with this idea that it's a messy middle. Like, I do think that it's manageable, right? Messy just makes me feel like, ah, I'm going to be chaotic and, you know, bad hair frizzy and, (laughs) you know, more of like, you know, let's talk about what what the options are for you in across this spectrum, right? Yes. And and I think that that's where I have success with helping people is it's like let's sit down, tell me a little bit more about yourself, right? Let's dive into all of that and talk about what your life looks like, what your training looks like, what you want it to be, what are your symptoms, how do they fluctuate, and you know, kind of identify. Okay, here's what's going on. This, these are choices. We've kind of got this broad spectrum. Now let's try and be really specific to figure out, yeah. okay, what's going to be best for you after we kind of lay out that whole picture, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think the the women that get to work with you um, are so lucky that way because being able to design that plan around each individual will be so empowering and something that they can stick with the cookie cutter plan for the pregnant woman and for the postpartum woman, that cookie cutter plan isn't going to work for so many people, but being able to design something based on where you were at before you got pregnant during this pregnancy, what your goals are post-pregnancy, creating Mm -hmm. that individualized. And even if you're in group fitness, you can still be on a very much individualized plan and have the benefit of group fitness. But we need to talk about it and we need to in, let women know that that's how that is. There's always options that quitting yeah. or, you know, not being, not feeling like you fit in or not wanting to be a part of that or needing to take a break from all of that doesn't have to be one of those options. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I, I get it, right? Like think about, you know, you use this metaphor, cookie cutter, right? You know, say, you know, let's use that example. Like I get it. Using a cookie cutter is way quicker when you're trying yes. <laughs> to make star cookies for Christmas, right? Yeah. You know, versus you trying to use and cut it out. But here's the thing, that's that's what's happened. We've got social media and all these things. And it's like, just give me the answer. Just give me that quick answer. So then that's why yeah. things get polarized. So, you know, the opportunity to, to work with, you know, a coach like yourself, um, you know, someone like me. And I mean, there's lots of people, right? It's about yes. finding who's going to, who are you going to vibe with and, you know, what, what supports do they offer, right? But, yeah. um, you know, it might take a little bit more time in the beginning. There's going to be a bit of a learning curve for you to kind of understand, okay, here's where I'm at. These are some things, you know, that, that, you know, might be helpful for me to change. Um, and that, and that goes for anything that's like lifestyle considerations. That's like being specific about maybe, Hey, let's actually have you work on pelvic floor muscle relaxation. That's why you're having troubles, right? It's, it's not a yeah. strength thing. You're, you're actually weak because you're so tight and you don't have that flexibility yeah. in your little yeah. pelvic floor trampoline there. Right. So it might yeah. take some time to, to, initially to kind of look at everything. But when you figure out those things that are 
are more individualized for you that are cookie cutter for you. And that's when things really start to roll, right? Exactly. Yes. One more thing I wanted to see if you could um, enlighten us on a little bit. I didn't really know the answer to this other than we talk a lot about options. Talk to me about resistance training and how it changes over the course of a female's uh, lifespan, like that, that the teenage lifters, the 20-year-old university student lifters, the, the trying to conceive lifters, the pregnant athlete, the postpartum athlete, and then the females entering into menopause. All of them should be um, feel comfortable with resistance training, but how does it change for them for each different kind of season in life? Yeah, yeah, and I'm glad that you said seasons. I like that because that that kind of really resonates with me um, in terms of kind of thinking visually about this. So, I think the big thing, honestly, is you know you can have a twenty year twenty year old female athlete. And, and then you can have you can have a 60-year-old female athlete. If we understand that if I'm 20 years old or I'm 60 years old, if I'm training for competition, right? Like if I'm in like a, hey, I'm training for sport, like your approaches are going to be really similar in, in the fact that you're going to go through cycles, right? right? In terms of your training, you're going to go through, here's a strength phase or this or that, right? Like you might yeah. have these really specific things that you're doing. So that resistance training, I think when we break down some of those fundamentals, that's going to be the same kind of no matter where you are, except pregnancy. And, you know, I would say that first year of postpartum, that's not a phase where we're even thinking about, you know, competition, you know, pregnancy is really a time of true deloading. Um, we don't, we don't want to hear that. Right. Like, but it, it just naturally happens and there's a way to support it and you can stay, you can maintain strength and mobility and flexibility and everything you do there is going to help you for afterwards. And then, you know, you're maybe building back up to competition. Um, but that those one rep maxes aren't going to necessarily come, you know, yeah. six months, seven months, eight months postpartum, right. Relative to what you used to do, like that might be a three rep max, you know, at, at six months postpartum, but it's not like an all out three rep max, you know, that's maybe matching before. But, you know, I think the biggest thing that we have to consider as we go across this lifespan of the female athlete is helping, helping them understand the natural cycles and rhythms that our bodies have. So we truly do respect that our tissues change, right? Like we have a decrease in estrogen as we slowly get older, just like we have other hormones, um, you know, our collagen and elastin makeup in our skin, things like that. Right. So we do, we have these natural changes as we get older, just our anatomy or physiology, that's what happens. But when you truly understand your cycles and your rhythms and what you need, then regardless of what season you're in, I really do think that you can always kind of cater to what you know you're going to need. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, it does. And the and the only piece that I think about as I have gone through these yes. seasons now, I've been I've been 20 and doing things. I've been pregnant and I've totally. been postpartum. And, and yeah. now I'm hitting like that 47 age category is one of the things that has changed as far as my mindset for training has been my recovery. 
I recover mm-hmm. differently through these seasons and I need to honor that. And yeah, and then I perform better the more I'm honoring recovery. And so that's one of the things that I, you know, my, my cycle changes and is getting more and more inconsistent right at the moment. And so I need to be mindful of that and how that changes the intensity of my training and recovery. And I think, totally, you know, when your body's busy doing something else like developing a baby. (laughs) And if you don't feel like doing workouts like you used to day after day after day, because you are just not recovering as quick, that, that affects the training intensity and, you know, and you don't need to be training intense at all, but you just need to be recovering. And so that's the one piece too, as a female athlete that I talk a lot about. I talk about the endocrine system with people and I don't necessarily talk about the endocrine system, but I talk about how you're feeling tired and you're putting weight on, that does not mean you should up your membership to unlimited and try to do two a days. It might mean the exact opposite. Exactly. Yeah. 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 My female athletes don't necessarily, they get that brain mindset or, you know, they more is better, that kind of stuff. And so I love being able to have a conversation with people and try to convince them that more isn't better at certain times in our life. And so trust me when I say some fresh air and some vitamin D and a short 20 minute walk is better than you coming here and running on this treadmill for an hour. Don't. For now, right? For, <laughs> for now, now, right? Exactly. Because where you're at this, yeah, you're, you're. At this you're, moment. Yeah. Yeah. At this moment, yeah. it might be recovery that, that we need to do. And I mean, not always. Not always. It's not always that, but it's not something that we, I don't know that I have heard the message about recovery as much as I needed to hear it until I sought that, figured out like, why is is this kind of breaking down again? I don't want it to be breaking down again. I don't want to be going backwards. I've been moving forward and I continue to want to move forward. Even as I age, I don't want to start going backwards. But some of the things that I needed to be more aware of was my recovery. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And you're building off of, like I said, this idea, when we understand those cycles and rhythms, we realize there's going to be times where we have to have changes in that approach. And we've, we're more focused on that recovery and just even that day to day, right? Yeah. Um, how am I recovering? Well, you know what, I'm in a season right now and, and I, I, uh, yeah, it's probably good for me to point out like, yeah, I haven't been pregnant before. I haven't been in that, that the trenches of even trying to conceive that's, you know, not, uh, where I'm at right now, maybe soon, but, um, you know, so yeah, it's like, I, I didn't sleep great last night, whether you had a baby that was up, whether it's your five-year-old or your third, I don't know, your 16 year old, that's, um, your 16 year old that's, uh, you know, didn't text you and you're waiting for him at yep. 2 a.m. It's like, you know what? Maybe it's not great for your nervous system to yeah, right. try to go for yep. a one rep max today or a build exactly. to a heavy single or whatever, right? So, no, I love that, Holly. And honestly, that's probably one of the biggest things that I've been focusing on really recently has been my recovery. So I've had fitness watches in the past. Um, I've had five, I think. Um, but now I've got this aura ring. Oh, funny. Me too. And I just did a podcast on my aura ring and why I bought it and what it's 
What is feeding me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the recovery is huge, right? Like I, yeah. I do not compromise my sleep anymore because yeah. that's so necessary for recovery. And so in those times when your sleep is compromised beyond your control, cause you have a baby or a 16 year old that's stuck in the mud or somewhere, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. When you can see the data that you are compromised, it makes it so much easier for the athlete brain to say, listen, my body is talking to me. If I listen to it, we're going to get along a lot better. So I just don't fight it as much anymore. I love that that data helps me to not sort of fight what I kind of instinctually knew, but I just ignored. Uh, the data does yeah. definitely help that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, And, and that's the way our brains work, right? Because I'm I've yeah. always been kind of data oriented that way too, or kind of like visuals. So yeah, yeah. Well, it's super cool. I'll have to listen to it. I didn't even, I didn't catch that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, as we are wrapping up our visit today, if there was a piece of, um, who should see, this is how I'm going to word this question. Who should see a physiotherapist, um, and more specifically a pelvic floor th- physiotherapist. If my athletes are listening to this right now and, or Mm -hmm. they're not my athletes, because if they're my athletes, they've probably heard me talk about this. But if there is somebody listening to this right now, what would make somebody want to make a referral for themselves to physio or pelvic floor physiotherapy? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So regardless of your age, regardless of whether or not you've been pregnant, regardless of how many kids you have, if you're having symptoms that you are, you don't like, right. Um, and you feel like you've got time and some space and some energy, you know, just a little bit, cause ideally whoever you choose is going to help make that approach what you need it to be. But regardless of your age, regardless of the season of life that you're in, if you're having symptoms and you want to address them, you know, that and can might you give be us the top, give us your top exactly. five symptoms. What, what so, would you say are the top five? So what I would say is the first one, because, you know, we might not even have symptoms. And this is where I got into, you know, what I'm doing is I didn't have symptoms, but I was, what? Well, I, I mean, I did have symptoms. That's, that's, yeah. Um, but I didn't realize I really had symptoms. Anyways, that's a whole nother. But so the big one would be, I'd just say, if you're just like confused about your body, right? Okay. Like if you're just like, I'm not really sure, you know, um, you know, what, it, what is my vulva, you know, where is yep. my clitoris or, you know, um, anatomy wise, like if you didn't get a lot of information in school or from family, uh, you know, like a, from your mom or, you know, a, a, gra- a grandmother, whoever, you know, if, if, if you're confused, <laughs> if you're yep. confused, like regardless of symptoms or not, like go, go, go see someone. Right. Yep. Um, the other ones underneath of that, I mean, was like, would be like any sort of, Symptoms that are bothering you in terms of your bowel, your bladder, whether it's like a strong urge that you feel like you leak or you actually have a loss of solid liquid or gas. Um, Maybe you're just like always going to the bathroom. I have lots of people tell me like I have such a weak bladder. I've always had to go, you know, like every hour and a half or every hour. Um, You know, pain, pain is a big one. Pain into your pelvis that might be at the back of your pelvis low back, hip pain, um, pubic bone, like at the center, you know, if you've been seeing somebody and, you know, for your low back pain and your hip pain, but it's not really changing very much and you haven't talked about pelvic floor, like that's a whole big 
chunk of muscles at the bottom of your pelvis. Like if you go yes. see a pelvic floor physio, they, they're going to help you learn more about that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, I mean, and some people have symptoms that aren't a big deal for them. Um, so I, I do like to always say, cause I don't want people to feel pressure to go get support. Right. So if they're bothering right. you, um, if you want to talk about those things, like sometimes I've had people come and see me and it's like, you know what, maybe some of that pain is linked to some trauma that you've had. Yeah. You know, maybe us doing an internal isn't going to be great. Or even maybe us talking about that area isn't going to be great because maybe it's triggering. Right. So, um, there are some other smaller kind of caveats, but, um, I think a big one too, is just knowing, again, we talked about this earlier that there's options for you that maybe a bunch of your sessions are just talking. You don't want any touch in that area or anywhere on your body. Maybe you're fine just with like external, like make sure that that practitioner, you do a little bit of, you know, looking at, or, you know, to see, is this going to be a, a, a good fit in terms of the skills that they have as well too? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it's just like, I mean, people spend a lot of time shopping for, for a car that's mm-hmm. going to suit their needs. I, I like to shop for my pelvic floor physiotherapist for sure. So uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> uh, before we wrap up, can you tell us about the female athlete workshop that Anthony Lowe is going to be doing? I think it's going to be a fantastic event. If you are listening to this and want to know more for your own personal interest, if this is a topic that you have stuck it out for 40 minutes and been listening to the female athlete workshop will be awesome. And Miranda will be at it and co-facilitating. Is that correct? Participating? Uh, yeah. Participating from the perspective of just helping to bring Anthony in. So uh, Anthony yeah. Lowe is a physiotherapist from Australia. He is an amazing guy. And I know when you hear, you know, pelvic floor and women's health, you don't necessarily think of a man. However, he's been a huge advocate and really started mm-hmm. to question the approaches um, for women within strength training. And he actually has, um, worked with Tia Claire Toomey personally years ago, as well as, uh, uh, Cara Saunders is Australia. So, you know, I think he's worked with her, but anyways, so Anthony Lowe is, uh, the female athlete course is coming to Saskatoon, April 15th and 16th of 2023. And this course is for any healthcare professional, or fitness professional. I've even been on courses where there have been female athletes. Hey, I'm a dentist and I also get in the gym, right? Yeah. I'm, the the course is um, got a lot of, uh, you know, education, but that education, there's a little bit of some sit down, but lots of it's very practical. So we're up and we're moving, right? Conversations about, hey, I'm leaking when I'm skipping or I'm doing my box jumps. What are some strategies Um, you know, there is a component of assessment, uh, you know, for practitioners who are doing some hands-on stuff, but there's also lots of movement-based things too, um, which is huge in this area because we don't necessarily get that from our practitioners. It's kind of a bit of, like I said, the niche with me, like I speak your language, like I know what a snatch is. You don't have to explain that to me. Right. Like, I know it's one of my favorite things about you, Miranda. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I got to meet each other because I had a really great pelvic floor physiotherapist who didn't know what I was talking about when I said I leak when I do toes to bar. Yeah. And she's she's like, like, oh, that's, that's too bad. And I'm like, yeah, so what should I do? What's a toes to bar? And I'm like, I don't have time to teach you a toes to bar. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. So if you're, if you're excited to learn more about this from a perspective for you personally, maybe then also professionally, um, it's going to be a fantastic course. 
Uh, there's a hundred dollars off um, until February 17th. And um, there's also payment plan. That's an option. Maybe you're not really sure about coming to Saskatoon. Like I am putting myself out there as like helping to kind of just even help people maybe catch rides with other people or find like hotel. I know. Yeah. Where the venue is, I can, yeah, it's, it's going to be great. So if you've got any questions just in general about that or anything that we've talked about, I, I'm always open to chatting. I offer discovery calls, free discovery calls. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm sure that, uh, you'll, you'll post some stuff and some links and things. I will, I will be sharing all of that stuff. So thank you very much. I'll put actually, uh, your information at the bottom of this podcast. So your Instagram and your website information, and I will put the, um, female athlete workshop at the bottom of the podcast as well. So if you are still here and listening, you can just scroll down to the bottom and click on any of those and connect with Miranda if you are interested. So thank you very much, my friend. It's been great visiting with you. Yes. Awesome. Thank you so much, uh, Holly, for having me on. And thank you so much for everybody that that tuned in and listened. Um, I wouldn't be here without you guys. We're all in this together for sure. Absolutely. Well, I will see you up in Saskatoon very soon. Woo! <laughs> okay, I'm pushing stop. Thanks for listening to Monday Matters with Holly Cochran. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to Monday Matters, leave her a review, and share this episode on your social media. Should you have any questions about what you listen to or want more info, reach out and send her a message at K2 Health with Holly on Instagram and Facebook. She loves hearing from her listeners. See you next time.